The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 261 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the friendly Nick Pollock. What is happening? You're saying that because I said Joey last week. No, it's not that, although that is a good recall. I'm saying it because you got all these new friends on your Nick Pollock and Friends podcast. Aww. They're so cool, and you have a new one with the greatest person ever in Ellen Adair coming out tomorrow. So you guys just don't have time for me, your oldest friend. Fast, do you want to be on this show? No! I didn't think so. It is an amazing podcast. You don't want to be on this show? This is what our show is every... I just want to get out of this room for once in my life, Nick. I haven't left it in show? years. I haven't left I would, this room. I would love to have you on Nick Pollock and Friends. No, I won't. Because I, I would actually get to like break you down finally. Oh, God. Um, yes. All right. Maybe uh, I build you back up. If you have not listened to that podcast, you really should because there have been some fantastic guests on there, including Vlad Sedler was on there, which is awesome. Ellen oh, Dare is yeah, coming up this okay, week. Yeah, Ellen Dare is this week. Then the week after that is Vlad. Chris Towers oh, okay. was on it. Uh, Al Melchior and so on and so forth. Actually, I talked to Al. You were, we both went on his podcast. You and me Big and an fan. Album. Big fan. Yeah, it was awesome. Al. Al and I are tied in uh, in tout right now oh. for first place. Look at you. Very exciting. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about the list. Obviously, a day later, hope everyone enjoyed their Memorial Day and had a nice little break. Really rainy. Yeah, it was and pretty then, sad. So Alamo Drafthouse opened back up, which is like my favorite movie theater in oh, the I world. I love it. I, I, great, right? Yeah. So we bought tickets. We're going to go see A Quiet Place, socially distanced, super excited, 2 o'clock on a Monday, have a nice day. Was Me it really and my loud? Wife. It wasn't really loud. We got there and the projector broke and we got refunds and couldn't go to the oh, movie. Oh, that's so sad. Then spent too much money at a bookstore and here we are. Very nice What did you get? I got some really good stuff. I got this book called Oreo. I got the new Daniel Kahneman book, who was the guy who wrote Thinking Fast and Slow, which is the best baseball book, not about baseball. He wrote a new book called Noise that's all about noise and data. Oh, wow. That I'm really excited to read. I would have been excited to read Thinking Pollock and slow too so I think it would be great oh very nice yeah. cause not thinking fast is slow no, thinking yeah. Pollock and slow yeah yeah we got there yeah we got there yeah. oh, I was trying to remember the other two books that I got this great New York review of book books and then what was the fourth book that I got I'm sure Oy. it was great fast yeah keep sure going I, I gotta think of this well, <laughs> well, we're really excited yeah I did the list today instead of yesterday cause it's Memorial Day you know I wanted to let let us really enjoy this today and have the podcast on on a day that you actually wanted to come by and hang out with me and, uh, you know, which is very rare, of course. But no, I'm excited. We're going to talk about the top 100 mm-hmm. as you sit there contemplative. I can't remember you can't this do fourth it, book. You, know? you could have just said three books fast. Uh, I know. Keep going. No one would have known. What am I? Okay. I don't know. I, we we got some great things. Uh, join PL Plus because it's amazing. Pitchless.com slash plus to support us. We're on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have the First Pitch Podcast, of course, every single morning. You're killing it, too. Over the weekends, we have some guests, but not this weekend. You did it. I did it. You, you did also, it. You also have office hours, right? Oh, yeah. Office hours in, uh, in the morning, 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. every single weekday morning. That's mm. where I answer all of the questions. I know I have not been as good answering questions on the site or on Twitter. I apologize. But there's two and a half hours every single morning. I answer all the questions I see. So come on by. And now, Bon, yeah, I did this four-hour stream today. 12 to, to 4, twitch.tv slash pitchless, come on by. It's great. And then also, we're hiring. Oh, yeah, we are. We, we're at looking for a UI, UX developer, designer, I should say, WordPress developer, and a database engineer. Mm. Come join us. Of course, all positions are paid. 
Uh, this will be something through next year for Pitchless 7 and hopefully beyond as well. So definitely go to pitchless.com slash hiring. Uh, submit your resume to info at pitchless.com with a cover, cover letter and your resume and all your relevant samples and all that stuff. But anyway, fast, we got to talk about starting pitching. We got to talk about what? Starting pitching. Starting pitching. I thought you said something else other than starting. I- I'm going to pull a surprise on you real quick. What? Oh, surprise, Nick. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so I- I'm going to read some of these things that I, I-, I tweeted out today. Uh, I'm-, I'm texting my wife now because this is going to drive me insane. Oh, no. Um, I can't remember one. Okay. Uh, some of these things that I tweeted out today, I would like your impressions on them. It's on maybe things that are most sustainable, things that shock you, things that uh, are not that surprising overall. Okay. So we're going to start, I guess, with let's take a look at best pitches by swinging strike in May. Okay. So are we talking about just like swinging strike rates in general? Yes. So just the swing strike rate on a pitch and just in May, uh, mm-hmm. a minimum 150 throws. That sounds like Dustin's brother. Justin May? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dustin May. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he hurt his other arm. All right. So uh, these are the top swing strike pitches. I'd like to get your reactions on them. Okay. Sure, yeah. Number one overall at 29% was Clayton Kershaw's slider. Yeah, that makes sense. Unbelievable yeah, yeah. still. And right? it's pretty interesting how he sets it up with down and in fastballs. That's how he does it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, I know this is to your credit of like, like we're overrating the, the the high fastball, and well, you got to have a slider that you can place with confidence there, and he does it. It's the killing Kershaw method. This is exactly why I'm doing this because I love these fun little insights. Uh, Kevin Gaussman's splitter is number two. I mean, yeah, of course it is. How else are you going to be that much of an ace with two pitches? Now this is where things uh, now where things get well, maybe a little bit shocking. Number three, Dylan Cease's slider. Oh yeah, that's not shocking in the slightest. Okay, the shock might come yeah, a little he, bit later. He for was him. the uh, the the image of the list today, and the thing is, the slider has been the pitch for like a month. It's just he didn't have anything else, and even his fastball was poorly commanded until last start, and that was pretty cool. So we're gonna get to that in a minute. But tied for number four is uh, Patrick Corbin's slider. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's unreal. I know, but it, the last start it wasn't as much, and his uh, his fast was at 91 as opposed to 92 and beyond that it was like three starts where, where Corbin had this stuff and uh and it's just not quite there right now and it's really sad he's tied with glass now's slider and that's not really yeah. a shock but it is a shock that his pitch that he introduced this year is already fourth in the swing strike leaderboard oh, yeah. for a month of course i mean that's what happens when you have in his, his extension and velocity it's just kind of nuts definitely the other ones i don't think there's too many shocks giolito's change up Alcantara's sure. oh, yeah. change up. I, I'm glad to hear Julio's change up came back to that because yes. it wasn't for a good four starts. And then, yeah, Alcantara's change up. Man, it's okay. There are certain guys that you watch and it's just, you just don't want anything bad to happen to them. <laughs> yes. And Alcantara, I think I've watched every single pitch Alcantara has thrown this year. It's like him and Zach Wheeler to me. Actually, like Zach Wheeler and Alcantara are very similar in this way. Mm. They have a 90, low 90s secondary pitch that they trust a lot. That is a slider for Wheeler. And of course, Alcantara is a change up. And then they throw like 98 on the edges. Now, Wheeler's command is better than Alcantara's, which is why he's having more success. Yeah. But it's it's just so fun. I mean, like, they just dominate. It's a lot of fun to watch. There's a lot of fun pitching to watch mm-hmm. right now. This was the shock, really. So we had the slider before. Number eight is Dylan Cease's fastball. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. 20.1% swing strike wow. rate in the month of May. Wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's really good. That's unbelievable. Uh, tied for ninth, uh, three-way tie. Bieber's curve. Sure, yeah. It's interesting it's also getting hit really hard. Well, yeah, he's throwing too much in the zone. Rich Hill's four seam. I know. This is crazy. He had like 13 whiffs against the Yankees with, with like a sub 90 mile per hour. Fast. It's unbelievable. I mean, the Yankees aren't as good of an offense as we wanted them to be. But Wait you know. till you hear the great joke I have about him later on. Very excited. No. Last one. Don't, no, this is a family friendly podcast. No, it's not, it's not involving his nickname. It's a, it's okay, a family okay, friendly okay, joke. Good. All right. Albert Azale's slider. Yeah, baby. Uh, he throws like 50. 6% of the time sometimes. I'm saying like 56%. Very specific, but still, he did that a couple times, and it's really cool to see him throw his lighter that much. I'm going to do best FIPS in May, and I want two things. Okay. Um, uh, maybe, uh, no. Best okay. FIPS? Yeah, best FIPS okay. in May. Okay. Gonna, I want biggest surprise, uh-huh. I want most sustainable, and I want least sustainable. Okay, so I... I want to say it was like going to be Robbie Ray, but he loved too many. No, no, no. Runs. I'm going to read them off. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to read. I'm not going to waste your time making you guess. Well, I'm going to read all ten FIPS. Sure. And then I, w- I want biggest surprise, most sustainable, least sustainable. You got it. Okay. Number one. I'm not going to. Uh, just go through. Do just all go the through. numbers. Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gaussman. Okay. Wheeler. Yeah. Bassett. Yeah. Taiwan Walker. Mm. Brandon Woodruff. Sure. Kluber. Yeah. Mike Miner. Yeah. Max Scherzer. You Darvish, Spencer Turnbull. That's a wild list. Yeah. Okay. So the most surprising. Most surprising. I would say he's probably Mike Miner. Over uh, Turnbull. I thought you were going to go Turnbull. No. I mean, I think Turnbull's stuff does speak to, hey, you're supposed to be good. You what know, about you, Tywin Walker, number four? 
Yeah, that is surprising. I think, uh, okay, so Tywin Walker's throwing like 94 now, mm -hmm. which is really cool. If you remember my lovely roundup title, Fast Walker. <laughs> it was great. Uh, or maybe it was Speed Walker. I don't want the two. I don't know. I think I'd done one before, and then I just did the other now. Uh, because he's throwing harder this year, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. He was throwing like 92 and change before. Now he's like 93, 94. Yeah. Maybe even pushing 95 at times. And that's everything for, for Walker. And it's gone well so far. Uh, there are times when this fastball is gone, though, and there is nothing really in that secondary department that can get him out of it when it's not there. Is it a Brandon Woodruff situation where it doesn't really matter? I don't know yet, and that's kind of why I'm more reticent to lift up Tywin Walker. But I understand it. The fastball is there. Mike Minor doesn't have his fastball. It's like 90-91, yeah. and the changeup goes in and out, and the slider is not nearly as good for how, how much he throws it. So that's why that one is more surprising to me. Okay, and then uh, uh, most sustainable, let's say it's positive, most sustainable. I mean, there were aces in there. Uh, I don't know if uh, Wheeler, I remember, was there. Woodruff was there, right? Like, like those guys are all sustainable. Scherzer, yeah. Darvish. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, least sustainable. Uh, yeah, I mean, the ones that are surprising. Uh, Turnbull. Not, uh, Turnbull's yes and no. It, it's just a battle of is he going to be four-seamer slider at least 75% of the time. Mm. You know, he's been turning to too many sinkers, I think. And and then he also has a curveball that kind of doesn't do enough. I don't know. It, it's uh, I just feel like he can be like an Alzelay almost type of just fastball slider and have success, but he's not really doing that enough. So that, who's least sustainable? Least sustainable probably is minor. Is minor. He's not throwing over 91. Okay. And like... We, we've seen this from him before where he, if he doesn't, isn't throwing hard enough, it's just not good. Last one I'm going to say, uh, last list, and uh, why don't we do, um, I don't know, I'll just get your general thoughts about sure. this one. This is in-zone CSW leaders. Oh, I love this. Okay, and I actually believe that this is for the entirety of the season. Mm. So guys getting the most called strikes plus whiffs in the zone for the entirety of the season. Number one, Shohei Otani. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Now I, I will say there's another caveat coming after this. Uh, I mean, okay, I, I will I will say that he's also he's like most effectively wild in this way. Yes, yeah, he's inefficient. He's very inefficient. Uh, number two, Logan Webb. Oh, okay, yes, that's I fun. I, uh, it's been better recently. His slider got like 13 wins. Like it was it was ridiculously good over the weekend. It's very exciting. Oh, number three, Corbin Burns. Oh yeah, no of surprise. Uh, duh. Number four, Lance McCullers Jr. Yeah. That's actually really that's cool to hear. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Number five, Taiwan Walker. <laughs> yeah, and I will say fastballs. Yeah, that when you when I change the minimum to a minimum fifty percent zone rate, which yeah. is like way above league average. League average is forty two percent currently. He leads the league. Interesting. So he's throwing it. Oh, I think it's like fifty six percent of the time in the zone, and then getting the most whiffs and called strikes in the zone. I see. Okay. Uh, followed by Rich Hill, then mm -hmm. Tyler Glasnow, yep. Garrett Cole, yep. Ian Anderson, and rounding out the list, Chris Bassett. No. Ah. Oh. Okay. Someone who I don't know if they um, if it's the it's not their first time on the list. I don't know if they're a uh, if they were unranked last week. Uh, they were unranked last week. Made their debut on the list. Joe Ross. Yes, it's got to be because he just had a golden goal, which was hilarious. If you don't know a golden goal, that's when you have the most whiffs of a grunt on a given night Evergreen. and have that. <laughs> you got the most whiffs of a <laughs> High Dirt, uh, if you don't know Higher Dirt, ask us about it. I think it's like one of the funniest things that's ever happened on this podcast. <laughs> it was like years ago. That has to, I, 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 mean, I got to just have it on a thing. You've yeah. got a great subscribe on Twitch, but one day it should be Higher Dirt. Yeah, I know. I was, I was thinking that actually. We were thinking of, yeah, the thing on Twitch right now is me making like a sound. Yes. That's what it is. Because yes, I did that yes. while recording the first pitch podcast once. Anyway. That's a fun story. You know, Joe Ross also had the highest CSW rate, that which is the King Cole. So that's the Gallus and the King Cole. When you get both of them, both of them are golden on the SP roundup. So it's the golden goal. There you go. got it this weekend, which is shocking. That was a very fun little segment. Yeah, I was I glad loved to it. get all your, great your, time. your hot takes on all these people. And that's going to do it for episode number 261 of On the Corner of the Official Patrols Podcast. How far <laughs> am I going to go? Uh, Joined by. <laughs> I still have a never video. I still have a video, by the way. If you remember this from three weeks ago when Fast insisted he never says uh, joined. Kristen. There's, there's a video of him like laughing to it. I even, even hung on it. <laughs> Kristen got. Ah, that's what the fourth book was. What was it? It's a book called Spring Snow, which is apparently a very great book to read about Japan. Mm. Uh, and then the last book, so we got Oreo, and then we got Season of Migration to the North, which I think was voted the, the, the best Arab book of the 
20th century? Oh. Anyway, great. A lot of great books. You're going to need a quiet place to go read them. Boo. Yeah. You can also follow me on Goodreads to keep up the oh, I'm a nerd. Yeah. I like to read. And at AlexFast8 and AlexFast, what, PL? PL, just like Nick TikTok. Pollock, PL, yeah. or Pitcherless Damn. Uh, oh, Pitcherless PL. Uh, all right, great. <laughs> so we're moving into the list now. It's why you're all here. We're done yeah. with the fun segments. Now we're down to that business, that business. Oh, no. So we're going to start with a man who is in a tier all of his own. And Nick, what the people want to know is what is this tier called you know and why is it, it is. called you, that? You can probably guess what it is. The Ace. <laughs> I don't know. Degrominated. Oh, it's the Highlander tier. The Highlander tier? Because there's only one. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that's just obvious. If you haven't watched the Nick Pollock breakdown of Jacob deGrom's most recent dominant start mm. against the Arizona Diamondbacks, you should because it's such a fun way to break I mean, down these starts. It's so stupid. He, I mean, I, I think I was saying this this morning, but I think this is literally the best picture I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, like it, live. It's not even a question. It's just he's throwing 100, and when you see someone throw that hard, think of like Araldus Chapman throwing 100 or Jordan Hicks or whatever. Mm-hmm. These guys that are absolute flamethrowers, right, that we associate with triple digits. Think of where the the fastballs are going, right? They're just <laughs> they just like, don't know. <laughs> right. Every single pitch is like, oh, no, okay, oh, that one was there, and he whiffed through it. DeGrom is spotting them. Yeah. He's doing it on the black. He's articulating it right at the top of the zone or whatever. It, it's just, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. And, and he just, I mean, he, yeah, he debilitated the, the Diamondbacks. I'm absolutely shocked he hasn't thrown a no-hitter or a perfect game yet. Yeah, what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, yeah, he probably hasn't just because the Mets won't score him a run or so. But yeah. they did yesterday. Hey, that's all right. I no, guess. I will say it's, I, I saw this, I don't remember who it was, but I saw someone on Twitter just saying, like, this is the guy we're going to tell our kids about yeah, that we watched. Really, it really it's, is. It's unbelievable. It's so stupid. And then he throws a 92 mile per hour slider and changeup that are just, how are you supposed to hit that when it's 10 miles per hour slower or whatever? And then he's like, you know what? I want a free strike right now. Hmm. Here is the one curveball I'm going to throw the entire game. That's and, of course, dumb. he throws it right on the edge, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's free real estate. There's a strike. That's what's even scarier, right? It's unreal. There's something still in his back pocket yeah. that he hasn't even gone to much that could arguably be his best pitch. Jacob deGrom has a fourth pitch that is the number two pitch for anyone else. Yeah, it's it's really unbelievable. And he doesn't throw it. Um, all right, so we're going to move into uh, – I, I was actually all about it. I love it. I love it seeing him alone in that tier. But now we're going to move into tier two. Where there is no red. There is no green. No reshuffling around. But what is tier two called, and why is it called that? It's the Gentleman's Club. The Gentleman's Club. Yeah, very nice. Because that's a lot of people, and they're all feeling very good about themselves. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those places like, oh, yes, hi, good to see you. Okay. Usually when people you know? think Gentleman's Club, they think something a little bit different, but we're oh, going to go with oh your version okay. of it. I did yeah. not mean yeah, okay. that. All Jesus. Right. Yeah. I meant like, you know, it's 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 a place where it's very quiet. I was going to say, reason, what, know? there's a $40 cover and a $30 drink minimum? Is that what you're doing? No, talking? no, no. no. I, mean, I mean, you know, it's like a aged wood is everywhere. There's books uh, around okay. and, yeah. you know. A cigar lounge. Sort yeah, of. you could yeah. say that. But, you know, they actually understand that it might be pollution, so they don't want to do that. They have a section for that if you want. Oh, okay, great. Okay, you know? yeah, and yeah. they're all the elites, like, just hanging out and... Uh, that's you know that's what I'm I'm talking about here. Now I'm going to ask you to you, you asked me to bring you do this a couple weeks ago, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to ask you to defend yourself about something. Oh, no. Okay, here. Why did I ask this? Because you were like, hey, people don't just want to hear about the biggest risers and biggest followers. They also want to hear about why guys are where they are. Mm-hmm. So you did this to yourself. Sure, yeah. Why should Corbin Burns? And I'm I'm not saying I'm saying this as impartial. I have no yeah, opinion. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Why should Corbin Burns be in the same tier as Garrett Cole? Uh, I mean, because tiers are weird. <laughs> No, tears for fears. Yeah. And you got to give a better answer than tears are weird. I mean, at some point I have to do the tears and like, sure, maybe I could do one at like Bueller into Burns as one as well. But honestly, all of those pitchers are elite. Yeah. They're all fantastic for your fantasy teams. They can act as your number one that you start them every single time that they pitch and yeah. you feel great about it. Yeah. To me, that's the answer, right? You no, know? there's no concern. You're starting yeah. them. And then there's Jacob DeGrom. And like, I'm like, all right, hi, buddy. Exactly. That's okay. why he's in another realm. Like, yeah, yeah there's just no concern there. Okay, so we're not going to spend too much time in that tier because it didn't really move around much. So we're going to go down to tier three. Oh, no. uh, what is it called and why is it called that? <laughs> um, the, the, the <laughs> Oh, God. I want to say the knockers because they're oh, the God. ones. Nick, Jesus. <laughs> you no. can't go from the gentleman's club to the knockers, Nick. <laughs> what is happening over here? They're the ones at the door. They're Jesus. at the door trying to get in. And... Hello? You sweet summer child. <laughs> you sweet summer child. Okay, great. All right. Uh, I'm great. serious. Nick. I'm serious. That's You're all I'm envisioning. You're the color of a tomato right now. <laughs> You're the color of like when you lower someone on your list. 
but look, they're the, they're the ones trying to get into the 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 exclusive club. Okay. And they're not quite there yet. They're yeah. getting close, but they're not there. So let us in. Which pitcher on this in this <laughs> tier? One of the pitchers in this tier has the highest fastball swinging strike rate in baseball right now. Uh, so for those playing at home, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, Jack Flaherty, Tyler Glasnow, Hyunjin Ryu, Kevin Gausman. I mean, I want it to be Zach Wheeler. It is incorrect. This I is know. the He's only person. He throws, it, throws it too often. Was only person with a sentence. higher swinging strike rate than D- Jacob DeGrama, their four-seamer. Man. Okay, wait. I do I do know this. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it's Gaussman. It is Lance Lynn. Is it? Is Isn't he? That I, I kinda, unbelievable? I kind of felt that it was going a little bit down this year. Maybe it was because I was confusing it with... Uh, other stuff. All right, yeah, that's great. That's unbelievable. To that's me. really good. But you you do bring up our next question that I had, which is about. Uh, we're gonna get to the other guys no in a second because the splitter was already too high. Yeah, there's no way. So uh, here's what I want to know. I want to know. Kevin Gasman has yet to crack the top 15. Arguably the best pitcher in baseball in May. Right. Lowest ERA. What are the lowest yeah, FIPS? Yeah. Great swinging strike uh-huh. rate. Why? What What does he have to okay. do to crack the top? So 15? there is one. I, I should mention this. And I you noticed that Jack Flaherty did go down. It's because both Gaussman and Flaherty left yesterday's games with some slight. Injury. Injury. Concern, yep. Yeah, and it wasn't confirmed. So it's it's the rules are that if they are not placed in the IL and there's no confirmation that they're missing the start, then they stay on the list. So I didn't touch them. I, I didn't want to make a move positively because that is an obvious concern of uh, fantasy managers. Okay. So let's say that they we're fully healthy. Great. I would be putting up Gaussman above Ryu at the very least. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Gaussman, but that's about it. Maybe, maybe Glass now? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Gaussman put him ahead of Gaussman. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, know, ahead of Glassman, maybe. Um, I will say this, and you guys know this. Splitters are weird. I know his is the most consistent one. It does seem like Gaussman's never performed at this level for, for a full season. Like, this does feel less real for the entirety of the year than other aces. It's it is bizarre. I know. And uh, at Choice Fielder, I believe on on Twitter had great points about his changeup. That Shelly Verstrait also w- was talking about. I think a couple years ago about this changeup. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. He is kind of an anomaly. Uh, also, I have a, a, a little piece about him called Kevin Gar- Gaussman of the Heart and the Shadow you? that you could go read about. Uh, that you should check Do you out. You know about that. Uh, what you know about that? Yeah, no. um, uh, all right. So why is the other question I had about this tier? Why defend yourself? Oh man. Okay. Why <laughs> Nola over Wheeler? Yeah, I know. I wanted to do that swap. Um, Wheeler, look, I recognize I kind of have a bias for how many innings I've seen of Wheeler, and it's so much fun. I Wheeler is someone that has lapses where, like, he will go be in the most dominant thing ever, and then Austin Meadows would just hit a two-run home run. Sure. And it's just, ah. Uh, okay, and then all of a sudden he'll get singled out because he throws a ton of fastballs. And I understand that Nola has not been at his sharpest. But I don't believe that Aaron Nola is, you know, he's someone that is kind of known for having some sort of volatility through the year. And I, I do believe with his deeper repertoire, it's just generally a safer bet through the rest of the season. I will say, though, Zach Wheeler, incredibly tempting to throw him above Nola and into actually that second tier with how well he's performed. I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, three weeks ago we were saying, oh, he's got this 10 strikeout game, but he hasn't had one since the first game of the season. We don't know if he is this guy. And then now back Damn. to back to back, yeah. 10 plus K performances. It's, it's I, 14 really, was a oh career God, high it for him. Was so good. He was, that, that Rays game was so upsetting that he allowed that two run homer. I remember watching the first inning going, oh, this is like, he's going to just do everything in this one. He allows a two run homer. I'm like, I know that's the only thing he's going to do, and this is so dumb that yeah. that is going to haunt this entire amazing start, right? Yeah. I. But, yeah, if you remember, I mean, I remember in the preseason, the conversation about Zach Wheeler was he used to be like a 23%, 24% strikeout rate, and then he had an 18 and change. Kyle Hendricks. And slight, well, right? well, well, I was... With, Kyle Hendricks is out the case. Or, with strikeouts with strikeout, was the yeah. idea. I was yeah. like, well, yeah, he has more K upside, essentially. But there was a big question about, oh, yeah, is he going to be a strikeout guy? We're like... Yeah, he should. Like, he throws hard enough, and his slider should develop enough to be that proper secondary pitch. And I will say, it finally is. It's more than a 15% swing strike rate, finally, that slider. Mm. And it's not even, like, elite. You know, we've seen other sliders that we've talked about more highly that have worse swing strike rates. It's just how he uses it. Uh, He really, really goes wild into the four-seamer and the sinker. 
and then all of a sudden throwing the slider is just more effective even if it isn't as nasty and ridiculous as others that we've seen yeah uh, plus he's so cute uh, alright Lucas Gio, I don't know Lucas Gito <laughs> <laughs> returns to the top 15 um, three consecutive starts with one earned run two 10 plus strikeout games from Lucas Giolito is he back baby I think he had 26 or 27 whiffs in his last start yeah it was, it was against the Orioles 16 yeah 16 against the Orioles who cares? Other guys have messed up against the Orioles. You know this. You've been know, talking about how decent the offense is. I know, is. and I also... No, no, I did that a few weeks ago before a 14-game losing streak. Oh, seriously? Yeah, they've lost 14 I in just a row. never think about them. So. I know. Sadly, <laughs> I have to think about them daily. I'm sorry. And I also don't... I, I bring this up in the first-pitch broadcast all the time. I don't want to be the person who blames these lame offenses, but it's just... It's two things tearing well, no, at I mean, soul. that's what that's what the game is. you got to recognize like the bad and good offenses. Like All they do in the roundup half the time is saying, okay, this is a good offense or a bad offense. Like I don't expect them to do well or good and like or that's actually a lot of the analysis we do these I days know. i try and stay it's wild i just try and stay away from it uh, i don't know why i know i know i know you can't but i i do um i know you can't tier four uh <laughs> why is it uh what's it called and why is it called it's called that? you can't tier four that's not true with urias and means and freed rogers rodon um, and alcantara i oh man i have like a terrible one but i feel like i should save that one for later um, this tier, uh, hmm, I'm going to say Santa stockings, Santa stockings. Yeah. Because like it's, it's, Cause you're happy it's to not get it? as, it's not as like the major present under the tree, mm-hmm. but it's like the little things that you're really happy you have. I don't get it. I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, the first time I celebrated Christmas with my wife, I was like, you put things in a big sock. No, you understand this. You have you have the presents under the tree there, like your defined aces, uh-huh. and then you have like the ones that you're also excited to get on Christmas Day, but they're not the same quality. The things in the sock are usually like ah peanut M and M's. Sometimes you get sometimes you get some nice things. Sometimes you get like know. the small presents that your parents didn't want to wrap or something that are in there. Can I tell you a quick funny story? Absolutely. Every year on Hanukkah, my mom would have the biggest present, and I would wait eight days to open it. Right. Two years in a row, I was like, oh, my God, here it is. This it is. This is it. The biggest present. I'm so excited to open it. And it was a present for my dad. She just forgot. To, she took oh, my it. God. It was like a sweater. That is not funny it at all. It was so good. It was very good. That anyway, is so sad. Very quick, quick digression. You didn't, get, you didn't get a present for two straight years. Oh, no, I still would get, like, I would open other presents yeah, the nights before. Yeah, you were before, waiting for, like, the like, exciting this one. This is the big one. You're a kid. How great the present is, is, and you know, directly anyone's... correlated to the size. Yeah, of course. And it was a sweater from J. Crew. Uh, all right. So what is it about Santa stocking? Why are these guys Santa stocking? Because they're a fun little gift, right? I'm just thinking of you trying to wear your dad's sweater. Be like, this is for me. It's <laughs> mine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, these guys are great, and you want them to be, you know, sometimes they are those amazing gifts, but they aren't quite that right now. But they're very, very pleasant, and you're happy you have them. Like Julia Urias and John Means and Max Fried and Trevor Rogers and Cross Rodon and Sandy Alcantara. If you notice, uh, Rodon should actually, oh, no, I was going to give him the ace is going to ace, and then he went and allowed, like, five and runs. It was really yeah. annoying. He actually still had the same skill set. It happens. And yeah, exactly that. And Alcantara, if he does well tonight against the Jays, I think I'd give it to him. I know I gave it to him before the Dodgers. I'm like, mm. look, there's a tough opponent coming. You got this. Why man. are we talking to each other? Isn't tonight Manoa versus Alcantara? Uh, it's uh, Robbie Ray. Oh, it's Robbie Ray versus Which Alcantara. Is so Manoa is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, defend yourself. Trevor oh Rogers God. behind Max Freed. Max well, Freed, two Ks against Pittsburgh, 22% K rate for May with a 10% swinging strike rate, 1.5 ERA, one whip with a 3.12 FIP. Rogers, 2.8 FIP, so lower. 27% K rate, higher, 1.18 whip, much higher than the 1.0 whip for Max Freed with a 13% swinging strike rate. Is it wins and Freed likely getting more innings pitched rest of the season? Uh, well, yes, there is that. Okay. Uh, but, I mean... 2021 isn't the only sample we have to work with here. Max Fried was fantastic last year. Yes, he only allowed, what, two home runs in the last day of the season. But still, Max Fried has proven himself to be a very stable arm for you for a long time. So did Luis Castillo. Sure, Fried is doing it still right now. Yeah, yeah, not with the K. I mean, you yeah, never really Obviously, the there are always like- anomalies, but it's... A, Luis Castillo is not the like the exception that proves the rule here fast. No, but I'm saying that, you know, there there's always going to be instances where guys have had long periods of success and then they don't have it. Or Of course. But it's, it's all a probability thing. But, I mean, Max Fried has a track record of success. And I see don't I don't really see anything indicating that he's not going to continue that way. Well, Trevor Rogers, we got to acknowledge, he's only done it for a certain amount of time. And it's built on four-seamer effectiveness at the moment. I mean, it was really nice to see him get slider was finally. 
That was cool. It was normally just like a called strike pitch. This was actually a cool start to see that as the last one uh, for Trevor Rogers. But for the most part, it's really dependent on four-seamer command that sometimes does elude him in the middle of starts. It's kind of like uh, he's, I don't, I don't know, he catches himself. He's like teetering off. He goes, oh, no, wait, okay, never mind. I'm, I'm falling back forward. It's okay. But I could fall off. Mm. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm not going to just all of a sudden say that Trevor Rogers is the greatest thing ever uh, after, I guess, like, yeah, two months now. Okay. Which is, it's very exciting, and I'm happy he's here. He's at 22, and he has an aces gonna ace and everything like that. But yeah, he's it's just no, it's different. not unfair. They're back to back. So, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to tier five. What is it called, and why is it called that? I will give you a little break as I read off the names very slowly that are in tier five: Joe Musgrove, Freddie Peralta, <laughs> Pablo Lopez, Ian Anderson, Sonny Gray, Alex Wood. Um, I'm gonna call them brunch. Brunch. Okay. Why is that? <laughs> um, it's it's just a, it's a wonderful addition to your day. Oh, that's quite nice. You know, Love a good Bloody Mary. You know, there it is. Big fan uh, of that. And sometimes, yeah, you can get drunk on some of these guys. <laughs> Freddie Peralta, for sure. <laughs> Freddie Peralta cracks the top 30. Will Peralta end the year with a sub 3.25 ERA? He's currently at three point, excuse me, 2.38. He has a 2.06 BABIP with an 86% left on base rate. And he is having more success within the zone, too. 49.1% in zone CSW, tied for career high. Will he... I imagine there will be some regression from 2.38. Will it be past 3.25 at the end of yes. the year? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Peralta, he's in a situation where he's in rhythm with throwing crossbody. We saw from Jake Arrieta, who's able to do it for about two and a half years, which is an exception. Uh, but you see something like Adam Ottavino. Is the other, these are the two major uh, examples I give on purpose because Adam Ottavino is someone that would do it for like a month or two, then go out of it and then come back in. And we've seen it from Peralta too. I, I mean, I remember, you know, in First Pitch Arizona giving that presentation about Peralta where he had a game of like eight innings and in dominance and the next one was like three, mm. you know, and that's not gone completely. He's in a good rhythm right now. I love it. I love the fact that he has a slider that – it's not as amazing as it started out to be. Uh, he's been inconsistent with it in the past month or so, which is a little annoying, but it's fine. It's good enough because his fastball is just there in the zone enough. Uh, but there will be moments this year where it's ugh, you're going to look at Peralta and just go, man, like, ah, mm. you had it before. You know what's going on? And he will give us some concern at some point. So maybe it's like right around there. That would be great because that essentially means that he's pitching at a, like a 3-6 level the rest of the way. Right for it to be a 3-3 three, yeah. three because it's four months as opposed to two. But, I mean, yeah, that's still great. If he even gives you a 3-5 at the end of the year, that's, that's still oh, fantastic. Oh, with where people were getting him in drafts? Oh, yeah, free. Yeah. Yeah. Pablo Lopez rises three to number 27 after his typical sporadic blow-up for six earned runs against the D-backs. Lopez bounced back with four earned runs over his last 19 innings pitch. The sinker really gone by the wayside for him. Lopez yeah, turned into cool? much more. Yep, fastball changeup guy. Throwing more changeup than—this is interesting— Throwing more changeup than ever before in his career, which actually might not be a good thing because it's got the highest WOBA of his career and it's getting fewer whiffs. It's got the lowest swinging strike rate of his career. But what I was kind of thinking is as a result of that increased changeup usage, it's benefiting his other pitches. His fastball is a 52 WRC plus, which is the best of his career. Second highest swinging strike rate in that fastball, lowest uh, WOBA on that fastball with a bit more success on that cutter and that curveball. So what I'm kind of, you know, thinking here is yeah increase that changeup. it was his best pitch coming into the year getting hit a little bit harder dropping down the results a little bit because of the increased usage but benefiting all the other pitches right uh i got a hand to peralta i'm peralta my guy pablo we love pablo we talked to him last year a bit and he i remember him having an emphasis on uh sinkers he was like yeah i'm getting that sinker in a certain location and he's moved away from it now you know there's normally down and in kind of where barrels were you're easy to drop it down and instead, now he's going four seamers up and in well. And he's commanding it super, super well, that four seamer. It's really great. But the problem with with Pablo, unfortunately, as you mentioned, is that the changeup, I remember at points last year, it was like a 30% swing strike rate and ended actually under 20% in 2020. Yeah, that's not a pitch that's always there for him. And uh, there was a start that he adapted and threw curveballs, which was great. And he actually threw, I think, 12 to 15 or so in that start. And it worked. And it was, okay, this is a moment where... You have some more flexibility inside of your repertoire. That's great. But the cutter really hasn't taken shape in the way that we want. And yeah. it's it's a little concerning for the long haul uh, when if, if it's just four-seamer change. The fact that he has a really good command or a, a grasp on that four-seamer is excellent. Um, and I think you're safe doing this. Uh, I actually really moved Pablo here because Ian Anderson was a little shaky against the Mets. And uh, Sonny Gray doesn't have his breakers quite yet. And that's really all that happened here with McCullers going off. 
Well, yeah, McCullough's coming off yeah, because yeah. of the IELTS. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So tier six. Then we're going to move on to tier six. Oh, what is tier? Uh, okay. And if I remember, yeah, this yeah. is a this is a pretty no. This is a slightly substantial tier. The bigger tiers are a little bit later on. So tier six, we're looking at Ray, Savali, Snell, Molly, Morton, Barrio, Stroman, Kyle Hendricks, and Shane McClanahan. What's it called? Why is it called that? It's called the the earthquake. Okay, go ahead. Because they are shaking. They're wobbly. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like trying to get their footing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have a ton of guys here who we like, but we don't know if we like them. Sure. Uh, it starts with Robbie Ray, who six straight starts was throwing four seamers in the middle of the plate and elevated and excellent, and I loved it, and it was wonderful. And then the last start he just had, and I don't know how he's doing tonight, so we'll uh, <laughs> yeah, cross we'll my see. fingers. Yeah. The last start against the Yankees, all of a sudden his fastball was located in the lower third. Mm. And a little bit more erratic and not the Robbie Ray that we saw for six straight starts. And that, I think, led to that, you know, I don't know, the failure or the the lack of success in that start against the Yankees. So I hope that's not, like, gone now. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. it's just one start. So hopefully he can rebound from that and we'll see that tonight. I mean, Miami is the team to get comfortable yeah, against and right? that's a good indicator because if he's strongly against Miami, then it's not going great. Right, exactly. But he might not be. We don't know yet. And then there's Blake Snell. So yeah, Michael Hedo seems to think that there could be some arm slot issues there. He, he's still in buy that. He's yeah. still investigating it too. So I don't want to put any words in his sure. mouth, but he, he's very wise. Uh, I think he's totally right in that there's something off there. The zone rate is interesting. The zone rate has gone up on the pitch, but the O swing, which one on the curveball? Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. The O swing has dropped by 11 percent, mm-hmm. which is very very interesting. I wonder too if that has served to kind of nullify this four seamer, which has been just as poor as it was in 2020 the xwoba across all pitch types except for his slider is i think it might be career highs definitely up right. from where it was last year what is going on yeah i got so i put out tiktok videos which are really cool they're like uh, like 30 seconds or a minute from the big pitcher breakdowns about a certain moment mm-hmm. and the one that uh we that that, that was put out uh, about Blake Snell's breakdown was talking about a changeup that just barely got the corner and got the called strike and i was <laughs> I was expressing like this is obviously a really good pitch, but this is a little concerning because Snell got the favor that time, but the fact that he just barely is getting it, yeah, like he needs that changeup to be more comfortably a little bit in the zone so that he's not putting it in the hands of the of the umpire, especially like in a one zero count that could have been called as a ball a lot of the time, and all of a sudden it's two zero, and now he's behind in it. And the problem, I mean, Snell is erratic now, yeah. and, and the thing is, before it was just a slider and the changeup. And he was always been has been a little inefficient. It's part of the reason why he hadn't gone six innings, not just because the Rays are like no six innings. It was also, hey, your pitch counts are too high often. I, mm. uh, but his fastball is really erratic right now. Yeah, and uh, and he's making more mistakes in the zone and then getting more wi- uh, wasted pitches as well. It's just all all around now. The slider and curveball, as you mentioned, are actually yeah, they're doing better as far as getting in the zone than they used to. But doing poorly in terms of results, right? Yeah. And the major major shift you want to make the full season is the changeup is down in zone rate massively, mm. uh, which is very strange. And that has actually been the uh, the get out of free uh, jail free card for him. Yeah, inside of a bat. So. Mm. I, I, this raw stuff is there. Like, watch. Do yourself a favor and watch the Milwaukee Brewers start where he, uh, he, you know, he got blown up for I think like four and runs or so. Watch it and recognize just how overwhelming his stuff was. You know, it wasn't. There's a difference between a guy who just is shoving the ball, and I mean that in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Just like, please, just get the ball to the plate, to the glove in any way, mm-hmm. and get me out of this. And the other guys that have such good stuff, but it's just, you know, it's like a sorcerer with, like, wild magic surgery. They don't know where it's going. It's just chaos in that yeah. way. As I go into my nerd card, it's wonderful. Uh, it, it is very funny, too. I was thinking about this today. I mean, listen, it's two months into the season. There's a very good chance that Blake Snell turns it around and has a fantastic rest of his season. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I do think it is kind of funny that, and I was included in this group, shaking my head a little bit. Ray's trading Snell. And yeah. now it's like, oh, maybe there's something, you know, there's always cr- something that we just don't know about. Yeah, they traded Chris Archer. They saw that. I yeah. mean, they also got Glass and Meadows, so. Yeah, and then they also got Archer back, which was kind of funny, I too, know. at the oh, end of the day. I just wish he's all right. I, know. I would love would to see nice. Archer just have just one good start. Maybe like the Nelson Figueroa at City Field start. Where oh, it's, yeah. yeah. It was just like, Chris Archer. Do you follow Tyler Glasnow on, on Instagram? Uh, I'm sure I do. He had a great story a couple <laughs> days ago. Where he was like eating dinner with Waka and Chris Archer, and it was nice to see him all happy. It was like, I want to be friends with those guys. Uh, what would I talk to him about? Do you guys like um, uh, uh, books? Uh, okay, great. Uh, let's move on to tier seven. <laughs> wonderful. What a charmer. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. By the way, uh, I'm not going to let you say this because you are such a charmer. You're wonderful uh, with people. So if you don't ever do it. Yeah. Talk about me again. On this <laughs> 
Uh, See, guys, <laughs> such a charmer. <laughs> uh, God, we have we, we got a ways to go. Okay, yeah, we're not even out of the top. Yeah, we 50. might we might be uh, going a little bit long on this podcast. Tier seven. What's it called? Why is it called that? Oh my God! All right, uh, I thought we were going to talk about Shane McClanahan going, you know, five innings for the past three starts. Great, he rose Finally. nine. He's number thirty-nine. He's fantastic. He's Finally. great. But you're, no, stop pausing. Tier seven. His what's stuff it called? Is so tier seven. So, what's so it called? Filthy. Why is it called that? I don't know. Who's in tier seven? Bassett, Granky, Manaya, Framber Valdez, Yusei Kikuchi, Domingo Herman. All uh, risers, by the way. Um, it's called the uh, the Weezer tier. Okay, why? Uh, say it ain't so. But it's a good thing. Why no? But it's like really. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, all right. I can say, get behind that. You know, it, it's just a shock in You're that right. way. Bassett and Kikuchi in the top 50. Yeah, and there's Manaya at 42 again and Domingo Herman at 45. So I want to say a quick thing about Bassett, too. Yeah, go Rises ahead. 12, 11.2% swinging strike rate overall, highest of his career. 26% K rate, high of his career. 1.0 whip, lowest of his career. 2.92 FIP, lowest of his career. It's a little bit murky considering the baseball savant might interpret heaters a little bit differently. He is the fifth highest swinging striker in his fastball overall among starting pitchers who have thrown at least 200. That four-seamer has been fantastic for him, and it's been fantastic for him for in, in a few, in the past couple of years. The, he doesn't throw him a lot. Uh-huh. The slider and the curveball have been like, they're both over 20% swinging strike rate pitches right now. He hasn't, he's, I don't think he's thrown fewer than 100 in both of them, but still, it's so funny. I, it, the pitch that's theoretically the worst for him is the one that he goes to the most in his sinker. Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Because like uh, when I think of Bassett, I still kind of do, but uh, it's just like, yeah, that sinker is everything, and then you're just praying that you have at least one secondary pitch, and he's made it work. He has, and you know what? It's, I, I rarely, I don't know if I can say rarely, I try my best not to fall into these particular narratives, but after that dominant game that he had last week, he broke down a little bit in his presser because he was so happy, and it just felt like you got that sense that things are finally starting to click yeah. for him, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? And, like, I, I understand, like, I can look at the numbers, and the numbers do validate it and back it up, but seeing him like that, seeing him be like, yes, this is who I know I can be, was was pretty exciting. So let's go to his teammate, Sean Manaya, who rises 18, highest swinging strike rate of his career at 12%. Oh, yeah, that changeup is working right now. It's unbelievable. Isn't he just sink or change up right now? Well, there is a curveball they actually did well with over the weekend. But he doesn't go to it too often. He's predominantly no, it, going it, sink it, or change. Yeah, first set, yeah, the, the change up made more of an appearance, which is cool. And it got whiffs in that game, too. He's also been like around 92 as opposed to 91 or even, I mean, I think last year was like actually sub 90. He did fall back in the previous outing and then he came back up in the last one. So that's good. It's encouraging. Sean Manaya, yeah, you just kind of like do your thing, man. You're in a groove. Highest. K rate of his career too. What is it at? Like 29 or 20, 24%. Oh, great. But that's the highest over 50 uh, Oh, yeah, right. Of course, inclu- not including 2019's five starts. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and that's that's pretty impressive to see. So, uh, Framber Valdez also debuts at number 44. Yeah. So, if you remember in the preseason, uh, I was not the uh, the one uh, cheering for Valdez. And this, I, I, that's a terrible way of putting it. No, you weren't the highest on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, of course, I'm always, I, I'm cheer for everybody, but I wasn't so encouraged by 2020 like others that he would be doing well. But here I am putting him actually higher than the preseason ranking mm. uh, because now he's in a position where he's going to start the rest of the year. He's going to be comfortable inside the Astros uh, rotation. Yeah, it might take one or two starts, but likely he's going to be good enough with a really nice curveball. Been there in 2019 and 2020 just a question of the sinker like is it going to be as good as 2020 or is it going to be bad 2019 even if it's in the middle that's still going to be quality innings that you're just going to want to start them every time and i will say as we've gone through this season if you look at the preseason ranks and my expectations of those pitchers the it's getting shrunk at the top mm. um where there's more flexibility around the 40s and 50s um especially with like i mean the fringe list is massive now that's an that's another league itself and a new website yeah, and, <laughs> and another new the podcast fringe, coming fringe to the list. Podcast Network. <laughs> uh, I think they would enjoy it, the Fringe List podcast. Um, but yeah, for Amber Valdez right now should be someone that is in your rotation through the rest of the year. Uh, okay, let's move on to Tier 8. What is it called and why is it called that? And this is a big This is boy. a long one. It's a big boy. I'm going to call it the Job Fair. Oh, <laughs> Because it feels like a lot of prospective students or whatever, like kids be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to I wanna do that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Wanna, I want to go there, you know? And it's like all these different ones to choose. And it's just like, all right, I hope you guys are successful and you can get the job, you know? So you, let's start the, with Alec Manoa, who debuts at 47. If you haven't, you should check out Nick's amazing gift breakdown. I, I think one of the more exciting rookie debuts we've seen in a while and arguably the most dominant rookie debut we've seen this year. Oh, yes. Easily. I mean, we haven't had too many. Like, no, I don't like think so. Logan Gilbert. That no, was... Daniel Lynch. <laughs> a lot of them we just kind of forgot about because they weren't yeah, great. Yeah, no, no, not at all. And, uh, yeah, Alec Manoa 
had a wonderful day. Now, it was the Yankees who, as I mentioned before, are not doing – I think they're like the second lowest in runs per game at the moment. No, they are tied for the lowest Yeah, tied with for the, the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. <laughs> Things you love you to see, that. baby. <laughs> Things you love to see. Come down with us. <laughs> yeah, what are they, like a game or two out of first place in the East? Or the Yankees? Yeah. No, the Orioles are way lower than that. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, no, the Yankees are not as close. No, to be fair – They just got swept by the Tigers. Ooh. To be fair, this was before the sweep to the Tigers, and this was also still with a judge in the lineup, DJ Lim- Sure, Stanton in the wasn't. Yeah, Stanton wasn't. Uh, Odor was, I think, batting third or maybe yeah. second. Yeah, uh, but was, still, uh, yeah. I, I'll say this, and you can agree or disagree, and Please. I know you will agree based off your gift breakdown, which was which was great. Um, there were moments where he looked like, oh man, this is beautiful. There were moments where he got away with a few, where yeah. he just kind of looked like, all right, that's a slider that's over the heart of the plate, and that's going to get demolished. Exactly. But then also, I mean, you could see that, you know. Sometimes when you make a GIF, you see something in a vacuum like Aaron Judge missing on a fastball over the heart of the plate. And I think the first reaction people have is, what, what, what you, what's happening here? That's a fastball over the heart of the plate. And they don't realize that the pitch before that yeah. is why it leads to that pitch. And, man, that sequence, that those back-to-back Ks, that he, uh, swing strikes that he got to Judge in those four-seamers were unreal. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, and all it was set up by a really nice slider. They actually didn't even get the call on. He didn't, and it was perfect. It was, it was like the best one-one pitch you could dream of. Uh, but, I mean, here's the thing about Manoa is even saying how good that slider was and the fastball and everything like that, I wouldn't say that any of his pitches are elite. Um, it's close. But I wouldn't really say that, you know, he doesn't have that top 20 kind of like every top 20 pitcher has that pitch. Okay. You know what I mean? And I can, it, it, it's I all above average. Yeah. You know, the, the changeup had moments with the slider certainly did. Uh, the the fastball was good. You know, like there's all this stuff that like I all three of them like oh these are really good offerings. Sure, but nothing is like oh oh my did you see did you see that pitch? Yeah, I'll, okay, you I'll, yeah, you're right. I'll say this then too that while the ceiling then in terms of each pitch might be lower, the floor was higher than I thought because when right. I saw that first changeup K, well, like, which is supposed to be his third best and pitch, he's throwing righty righty changeups. And oh, the yeah. thing that the, the highest uh, thing praise I can really give is the fact that he can throw. Anything in any count. At least he did in this game. We yeah. don't know this. We we see as you go through the SB roundups, you see, oh, this game he decided to do this. Oh, in this game he didn't do that. You know, it wasn't there. Like that's going to happen. And I do wonder when I, uh, you know, there's going to be a day when all of a sudden his slider or his changeup are just not good. Totally. And what happens then if you don't have an elite offering to turn to? I don't know. Um, I will also say we only have one game. And I, as much as I wanted to say, like, oh yeah, Alec Manoa, you're going to probably rather pick him up than you say Kikuchi. It's only after one start, and yeah. I need to be rational with that. So I have him at 47. I hope that he does great things, uh, and hopefully he's just in that rotation moving forward. I will say the last thing, too, where, you know, one of the biggest things I pay attention to in rookie debuts, how are they going to do in terms of their nerves, right? And something you write about oh, frequently, yeah. too. And there was a moment in the first inning, four straight balls to DJ LeMayhew. He gets a little bit of a friendly call on the second pitch of the at-bat to Rugnado Dor to get him into the... Uh, right, right. Oh, yeah, the outside corner. I was like, yeah, all right. Exactly. Yeah. But then you're thinking to yourself, like, okay, man, here's where you're going to decide how this first start's going to go. And I do like the fact that he was able to battle back, get into it, compose himself a little right. bit more, and have that great it's start. It's pretty fun. I'm writing that break, and I, I think I even put, I was like, all right, when are we actually going to see Manoa? Like, this is just yeah. like, I know this isn't you. You're just getting nervous and all this Your stuff. whole family's like, here. come blah, blah, blah. on. When are we going to see him? Like, oh, there he is. Hi. What's up, Judge? But okay. we've seen the other <laughs> thing happen, too, you know, where yeah, they exactly. just blow up. Yeah. Uh, Jose Arquiti returns at 48. We got to burn through these. Yeah, we do. Burn them. Burn them. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, Jose Arquiti is throwing 93.5 now. I mean, he was throwing 92 in uh, before the injury, mm. and he was at 93 or so in 2019. 93.5 all of a sudden. He just came back and had nine strikeouts against the Red Sox. Okay, hi, what's up? I want you. Big fan. Uh, Rich Hill at his highest ever at 49. Here's my joke. Will he surpass his own age this year on the hey! list? Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, probably not. Oh, because Rich Hill, I mean, you don't know how many bullets he's got. Hold on for six more years, Rich. <laughs> And I mean, maintain. look, like, like, he's doing great. You should have him on your fantasy teams. You should not be expecting this to last more than a month. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially with the, you know, got to bring up the injury concerns, too. Isn't I mean, it? That's what I'm saying is, like, it shouldn't, like, him actually pitching yeah. is probably, like, another month. But, yeah. like, all right, whatever. We'll, we'll enjoy it, you know? Enjoy it. Uh, Dylan Cease rises 14 <laughs> as we brought up two pitches in the top 10 swing strike for the month of How May. How proud of you were you of that How joke? proud of you were you? <laughs> 
You, you must have been so proud coming up with that Rich Hill joke. I'm proud for you. People think that, you know, I get a lot of, people said to me how proud are you or uh, Kristen's dad says like, how long were you thinking of that joke? I think about it and then I don't acknowledge it. I wake up each day, I put on the mask, I go to bed, I take it off. How I feel proud nothing. are you? Nothing. I feel yourself. no pride. I feel no joy. I, I am a cold hearted man. I've only cried at four movies. Um, <laughs> I, oh, wait, wait, talk about Dylan Cease. was so, so proud. Yeah, Dylan Cease, uh, as we mentioned before, Slider was there. The fastball, it's really interesting actually you mentioned the swinging strike rates on it because it's been erratic as far as command goes and where he's locating it. Last start actually really, really placed it well, set up other stuff. The changeup is interesting. Uh, it is much better, and it looks a lot like Giolito's in some ways. Makes sense. It's like much slower now, and it, it comes out of the hand, and it has that dramatic fade. Like you can feel time stop almost when he throws it, mm. but he doesn't know where it's going a lot. And hopefully that is the next pitch that he can actually add on, because if he does that, I mean, if he actually has that changeup with that good four-seamer located and the sliders that are biting down into the angles of lefties, this can be very, very good. Yeah, that is exciting. Um, yeah, man, that could just man, that could be a really great staff. Yeah, that could I be. Mean, a, it already is. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. And Keuchel's uh, way better than uh, we give him credit for. I think who? Uh, Dallas Keuchel. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it's just and then with Kopech theoretically in the wings still, they're still trying to. It's, it's crazy. It's exciting. Tywin Walker returns. His, his injury might be a helpful thing if they send him to rehab to so stretch was, out. Wasn't he on bereavement too? So was bereavement into an injury? Oh really? I didn't know about that. I just know about the hamstring strain. Okay. Yeah. Um, Walker returns. Uh, he almost cracks the top fifty at fifty three. We already talked about top yep. five in ad zone. CSW. Yeah, it, it's just that it's just a fastball, and I don't really know if there's enough else. You know, it's just the question that I constantly have with Taiwan Walker. And we've seen him struggle when he doesn't have his fastball doing everything. So it's just it's questionable. I know how well he's performed. It's just I'm a little scared. All right. Michael Pineda rising 15 to 56. I mean, he's just been great. He's been up and down. There have been some one start where he didn't have a slider. Okay, I think it was against your Orioles and why you remember it. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tier nine, <laughs> the tiniest tier this late. What is it called and why is it called? I don't think I've ever seen a tier this tiny past 50. It's called detention. The detention. Detention. Because they're punished. Yeah, Dylan and they look at us like, what did you do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I sucked for a really long time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly the conversation. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's it. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dylan Bundy's, you know, just arrived. And it's been four starts for him as opposed to Castillo, which has been two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are both guys. I, I, as I did this live stream today, and by the way, you should definitely be tuning in for that. I, I essentially made that a little tier and then started throwing guys above and below to decide, like, all right, who were like, that is the cliff. You remember the cliff from the beginning of the season of like Chris Sale and Noah Syndergaard and sure. Syndergaard and Severino of like, who are the ones that I'm like, no, those guys help me. And who are the ones that are off the team in a week or two? You know, and that's this is the dividing line right now. Okay, that makes sense. I know. Uh, I think both those guys, Bundy in particular, getting a little bit unlucky. So hopefully, yeah, the last start looked a little bit more encouraging for yeah. Bundy. I think he can turn it around. I, I think so too. But I got to acknowledge that right now you feel better about Taiwan Walker and Adam Alzlay. Definitely. Uh, three more tiers remaining. Tier ten, the biggest tier of them all. What is it called, and why is it called that? I don't have time to read all these names. There's a lot of names here in this oh big old my. tier. I uh, oh god, uh, um, this is summer camp. Summer camp? Why? Because they're all in different cabins and they have different reasons why they've been sent away for the summer. <laughs> okay. All right. That's, man, that was actually quite impressive. We'll, we'll start with Tariq Skubal. He rises uh, to number 62. Something interesting is happening in Detroit, and I think it's all because of their pitching coach, Chris Fetter, I believe is his name. The overall fastball percent is starting to decrease. Breaking pitch is starting to increase. Seeing this with Mai, seeing this with Turnbull, seeing this with Skubal, going to the slider more than he did last year, the fastball slightly less. Not fully consistent. There are days when Scooball goes to the uh, slider under 20%, but still a pretty fun change is he happening in Detroit. I mean, uh, Chad Young had a great article about Tarek Scooble. Mm-hmm. Definitely read it, talking about his changeup in his, in his curveball. And I've been impressed with Scooble's slider. I mean, he's got more whistle all of a sudden with it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, he's under 60%. For me, whatever reason, I see under 60% four-seamers. I'm like, okay, Scooble, cool. We're moving in that direction. Because if you remember, the talk was like, oh, is he going to be like Lance Lynn, throwing 65 to 70% fastballs? I'm like, no, it's just a matter of time. He's going to get the secondaries going. It's very encouraging right now. Um, I mean, he dominated the Yankees like all the Tigers did, but yep. still he, he did a wonderful job there. He had a fantastic start before that. It's encouraging. Uh, I think he has the uh, the White Sox twice now. I could be wrong about that. Uh, I know it's not the easiest starts ahead uh, for Scooble, but I kind of feel encouraged. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's give this a shot. 
Uh, speaking of people being dominated, but this time on the other side of the field, Jamison Tyone falls to 64, oh, no. 5.10 ERA at the moment. Does he finish the year over or under a 4.25 ERA? Um, that would require him to have like a 3.5 the rest of the way or something like About. that. Oh, man, probably not. So then he is he droppable? Well, no, 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 no. But I mean, who cares about the final year, right? Can he have like a 4 and under? Probably. Uh, I mean, it, look, it's a situation. There's going to be a moment, I think, at some point where Tyone figures out his curveball on a slider. Like, the four-seamer itself is a weird animal because that's how he allows his damage, but also how he actually gets a lot of good results. And the problem is that he doesn't have the secondary stuff to really complement it. As its own, as an individual pitch, it's really good. It's just you need more than that. And actually, in the last three starts or so, his curveball has not been the same. Uh, slider was actually hinting at being good last time. Um, but he really needs that curveball and to be that like, oh, at any point, I'm going to throw my curveball and you're going to not handle this. Yeah. So hopefully you can get back to that. I mean, the the Yankees front office is smarter than, you know, than I am overall. But like, I, I just wonder if like, because you're totally right in a vacuum, that fastball has been really good. 16%, uh, about 70% swing strike rate. But like, I wonder if we're talking about Pablo Lopez with a changeup benefiting the other pitches, if the fastball usage and the way that he's operating with it is bringing down the other breaking pitches. I mean, that the curveball, the highest WRC plus he's had in that curveball before in his career has been 72. It's at 130. Well, yeah, but he's right yeah, now. he's not throwing it right. I mean, when you're watching these games and he's making so many mistakes with it. He's not putting it in the places right. He's, he's out of sync with it when it does work. Like, you're, you're talking about the whole season worth of curveballs. But do you think the mechanics on the four-seamer that he changed oh, that's are what leading you're to those? Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that. Because we actually have seen the curveball do well this year. Yeah, he's not in the groove right now with it, and I think he can. He hasn't been in the groove at all this year. Well, well, it's been like bits and pieces of things. The four seamer groove has been there completely. Yeah, sure. It's just about okay. The curveball was here before that, but the slider wasn't, and so on. So it's it's steps, and I I understand how frustrating it is, and that's why he's down at uh, at sixty four right now in this tier of like, I I want to be more excited about certain guys and just give me some more stuff, and Kyle will continue to be there as long as he's not performing. So we'll see what happens. Uh, real quick, Patrick Corbin falls to 66. You already hinted at him, really, that fastball. Yeah, I was actually really tempted to make Tyone and Corbin their own little mini tier at the end of this mm-hmm. as well, kind of like the uh, the second detention, like it's like Sunday school or something detention. I sure. don't know. Uh, I don't mean to say that Sunday school is detention. I meant like after it where they have to like clean the organ pipes. I'm thinking of Bart Simpson and Milhouse Once together again, as a team. If it's just, it's all, yeah. it's got <laughs> to be synagogues for me. Well, no, but yeah, that's literally all I'm thinking of. My reference point is Bart and, and, and uh, Milhouse cleaning the organs after Whoa! doing the, uh, that's a good slurpy. <laughs> that's a good switch. Uh, after Whoa. doing the, uh, the garden of Eden, that's the Simpsons episode where mm. Bart m- loses his soul. Ah, that's right. Is that also the one where there's the little gummy figure that gets attached to the uh, babysitter? That's just Simpsons. That's not that. No, no, that's a completely different episode. That's a different that's episode. I mean, it's right? the Milo episode. Yes, yes, exactly. It's an, that's. I mean, yeah, we can do this for a long time. <laughs> we could just have a Simpsons. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that was a good Slurpee. Yeah, it was. It is Slurpee, right? Yeah. No, is it? Whoa, that's a good Slurpee. It is Slurpee or Slushy. Slurpee. Whoa, that's a good Slurpee. Yeah, you forget the real one is a Slushy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Because then he sucks a straw down. I love Milhouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Okay, I could really go down that road for a while. Madison Bumgarner falls 13, kind of the heyday, just kind of falling away Well, real it's quick. weird because his, his velocity is still there. It's just the command was all of a sudden gone. Mm. I, I think actually it can return. It's just, yeah, it's been like two, three starts of him not capitalizing now, and he still actually has a decent schedule, so I think this can turn around. But, yeah, I recognize that like Logan Webb is really exciting right now, as we mentioned. So, fine, I'll give him some more love, and Jay Rizzi returning to the list, and like, okay, just get your velocity back up, which might happen now that you've returned. So, yeah, I just got to put him down there. Eliezer Hernandez making his debut a little bit crazy, lower than people would think, 71. Yeah, well, that's kind of where he was in the preseason for me. Okay. It's, you know this. It's a slider. Yes, and, uh, but it could be like 17 different sliders. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, and his fastball is all right, all right, you know, it's okay. I want to say okay and all right, so it's all, all right. <laughs> And uh, welcome to Nick Pollock. And uh, the changeup can be good, mm. uh, but uh, but I, I worry at the first, you know, in the first start or so, he's not going to get the most innings, and mm. he's never really been a high IPS guy anyway. So yeah, he's down here. All right. So while we move on to the next tier, then, which is tier eleven, mm. what is it called, and why is it called that? Oh man, what is what is tier eleven? Uh, tier eleven. It's like that's like me asking for the definition and the country of origin. It is. Whoa, that's a good squishy. Um, okay, it's a squishy. Um, yeah. Whoa, that's good. Oh, okay, okay. So, so he's a slurpy and slushy. 
Yeah, but so it's squishy. squishy. Yeah. Yeah, Whoa, it that's a good squishy. Nice. Uh, all right, Tier 11, uh, Nathan Yavaldi, Heaney, Turnbull, Brubaker, Mats, Mize, McKenzie, Rodriguez, Canning, and Boyd. Oh, man. Um, uh, okay. Uh, this is your, your stunt doubles. Oh, okay. Go on. So they are reflective of aces, but they're not quite them. All right. Defend yourself. <laughs> uh, Nathan Yavaldi versus Marco Gonzalez. He throws really hard, but the secondary stuff isn't there. Like, for, it, for Nathan Yavaldi. Yeah, it kind of is and it isn't. Like, he did well against the, the Marlins, which is great. And then he didn't beforehand against the Tigers and the Rangers. And it's just like, what do you... I, I don't know what we're going to get after uh, from his secondary. So that's everything with Evaldi. Like, he has this kitchen sink of secondary pitches, and it's amazing. It's just all of a sudden shows up one day, all of them. Yeah. And then other start, like, none of them are there. But even but what's kind of crazy is even when none of them do, he's mitigating hard contact. Like, well, I think he's given up, like, two home runs in a year or something. Is that right? Well, that it's, shouldn't be the it's thing It's something the like that. Year. I would be surprised if that stuck. It's That's still pretty wild. That's why I was kind of – because I think the K upside, obviously, a little bit higher with Evaldi. So I don't know. That's why I was a little bit surprised. I feel see. like if you're, if you're, yeah, it's, it's just two. He's got a he's got a two percent home run to fly ball ratio. Excuse it's me. He's given up. Stick. He's given up one home run this it's year. Not one stick. That's unreal. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But I mean, look, the way I see Evaldi again is when he doesn't have secondaries, it's it's pretty much just as fast while trying to do everything, and it doesn't always work out. Okay. And it's it's very inconsistent start to start. You don't feel this like, oh yeah, Evaldi's going. I I got this. You know, it really needs to be against a mediocre or worse offense. Tristan McKenzie returns at 79. What makes him not only reappear, but reappear in the top 80? Well, he had 10 strikeouts, uh, and then I think against the White Sox, and then he also had a nice five-inning start against the Tigers. Uh, I think the game against the White Sox was the best one I've seen uh, from McKenzie where he wasn't so erratic with everything. Uh, But it is still very, I don't know, you don't know how real this is, not to mention Cleveland already wanted him to go to the minors, and then Plesak had to get injured. Yeah. So it just also seems weird, like, He's not an IPS guy. He doesn't let me go deep into games despite being on Cleveland. And it just seems weird and volatile. And eh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Erod falls 13 to number 80. He doesn't have his fastball changeup combo. It's annoying. Mm. It's frustrating me. Like, I've been waiting all year for it. Some days it's this changeup is great and then his fastballs are gone. And then his fastball's there and the changeup is. And it makes it so that he has to rely on this cutter slider that is, in, is so far and away his third pitch. Yeah. And it's, yeah, we haven't seen good Eduardo Rodriguez this year. And I'm glad that he, it might be, you know, uh, obviously he had that massive scare last year. We're very happy he's all right. I do wonder if, you know, he just hasn't quite locked in. Well, it makes sense. You were you know? away from baseball for that long. Of course. Uh, final tier, tier 12. What's it called? Why is it called that? Oh, man. Um, oh, I already, cu- dang it. I was going to use the same name <laughs> Stop stalling. I need it now. No, you don't. This is a huge tier, so I'm not reading all these names. It's 17 different people. Um, it's called the uh, the DVD uh, <laughs> box. You know what I mean? The like, box set? You know, like the, the it's Walmart DVDs. Okay. No, 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 no. It's Walmart DVDs. Okay, go on. Because you know you go into Walmart and you see that like that oh, sil- okay. cylinder of just like random DVDs yeah, like for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. That's this. It's just there's, what, 17 of them? 18 of 17, them? 17, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these are the Walmart DVDs. Okay, so let's do a few of them real quick. Brady Singer falls 12 to 85. I, I just, uh, I called it Shedding Singer. That was the, yes, I saw that. Very I nice. think that's the top five for me this year. Mm. Top five title. Really? Shedding, Shedding Singer? Singer? Getting rid of what? Uh, getting rid of Brady Singer and Wedding Singer. What? Really? Yeah, I don't, th- I, I love your stuff. I don't think it's a top <laughs> five. I don't, I think you, I think you can shoot hey, better. Man. Hey man, I love your I stuff. Think you I just think you got great stuff. <laughs> I don't think it's a top five. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I was, right. I was really satisfied with myself. Okay. Good. I like that. I want you to feel that way all the time. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. Is there, I mean, I need to be, I need to, you know, be buttered now. Okay. I got to hear the, uh, the number, the best one then. What, what is my best stuff? What if is you your think best I've got great one? Stuff, if you think I've got great stuff fast. Um, I think you had an earlier one about Cobb that I really liked. Let me look. Let me look it up. Okay. All right. So All right. you talk about why Ryan Yarbrough is reappearing at 86. So that's kind of funny. I, I <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you so much. I, the, the Rays actually during their broadcast had a really revealing statistic, which makes so much sense. But when you think about it, you go, oh, right, this is actually something I can, yeah, that's actionable. Where they're pretty much saying like, yeah, he doesn't get any wins when he starts, but when he relieves, he gets so many wins. Yeah. And it makes obvious sense, but then I think we kind of, uh, it's, a, it's a situation where we can actually point and say, look, when he is opened four, we can comfortably start and play, uh, I should say, Ryan Yarbrough, the Friday Pirate. And if he actually just starts the game, just don't do it. 
And that's actually pretty cool. That's a nice revealing thing that we can say. Or like, a, oh, you, you have a smile. You have your favorite Yeah, because I remembered, I remembered a really good one. What, what is it? The story of Gray was great about Sonny Gray. Sure, sure. I that was it, a really great one. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, the one about uh, Waskari e. Noah. Of course, you really, would like the Dorian Gray one. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, we're talking about books. Waskar <laughs> Wilde, another literary oh, yeah, yeah, one. Another literary yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, please, Zach. Which please, Zach. Oh, please, Zach. Yeah. Come on, Nick. <laughs> I really don't think that we're right, doing okay. yeah. Shedding Singer. A duff of smoke. Yeah, but but you got to understand, like, I, I appreciate them from personally when it's, yeah, I guess all the Corey of the Year? Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, thank you. That's, Even that's ray tracing that's, appears to the nerd in me. <laughs> Come on. You're, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're but Jewish. it was so perfectly, like, I want to get rid of Brady Singer, mm-hmm. and I have the pun, and it fits into it, and it's all right, fine. Interweave that—that's where I okay. You're well, also you. trying to get rid of Garrett Richards, who falls 18 to number. Oh 95. yeah, he's no, he doesn't have a slider, and like, the slider has been everything for Garrett Richards, and he just—he's—he's he's been throwing fastballs, have had good BABIP, and like that's not gonna last. Okay, he needs it. Very bizarre four seamer Garrett Richards has. Oh yeah, lowest active spin in baseball. It's always been this way. It's, it's like always, it's always, it, always. I'm like two astronauts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what? You know what? The meme of like, has it always been? Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Always has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about James Caprielian? Uh, falls twenty-seven and yeah. 96. Everyone's gonna be like, oh my god, twenty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> twenty-seven. Yes. All of our eighty-five-year-old listeners after <laughs> one after one outing. Well, the reason that Cap was so high up was because he had two starts against the Mariners. And I was like, hey, you know what? I would rather just have this guy for a week and get two starts uh, against the Mariners than take chances on all these other waiver wire guys. Yeah. And now he's on the other side of it going one for two, doing one good start against the Mariners and one bad one. And I don't even know if he's going to start next week because it could be Jesus Lazardo back into it. He's no. leaving now. They're yeah. st- I mean, I know they're saying that they may be working him into stuff, but... There's a lot of opportunity for them to not go with Cap in, like, the next couple weeks. And if you can't take care of the Mariners, I don't feel good starting you. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. That is fair. And, you know, because I had the, added the twang, you know that it's real. Yeah, exactly. That's how you really drive it home. Yeah. I have to, for our final guy, I have to thank you. You followed the rule that I, I established last week. You, you, you clearly thought about it. And that is Ross Stripling yeah. at number 100. So yeah, why is he at number stripling, 100? Stripling, uh, five innings. Did very well against against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He has the starting rotation spot. We've talked about stripling for a long time. His four seamers performing actually kind of well. Uh, and he made a slight tweak with his mechanics. Uh, his glove isn't as, like, he's staying lower for a longer time. He's not as volatile. And I like that. I like shorter arm circles. It makes you more consistent with it. Uh, and so it, it could be something that would stick for Ross Stripling. And he certainly is going to get the opportunities to succeed. So yeah. this could be kind of cool. Very nice. A nice you. list. Yeah. You, you, you oh, like look the, at the tree. I did. I did. Once again, obviously, you guys let us know if you hate it. It brings me joy. I mean, I, I think it's so silly and that's so on brand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to try and cut you even less slack each week, too, because uh, putting you on the spot is really where it's at. But that is... That's going to do it fast. That's going to do it for episode wow. number 261 of On the Corner of the Official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week.